Ella desaparece, pero aparece cuando le dan ganas. Han sido un par de veces, y si es por mí le doy toda la semana. Se hace la que no quiere, pero llama de madrugada. Terminaste sin ropa otra vez, pidiendo que te tocara. Eh, se hace la Let's get into it. What's going on, folks? All right. What is good? How you all doing? Happy New Year to you all, baby. I think I could say that. What are we? The uh, the seventh of January. That's a weekend. We're 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 good. It's the first pod of 2022, baby. First pod of the new year. So I get to tell you all, Happy New Year, cabrones. Como están? Como están? Dios de putas. I'm in Mexico, baby. What is good? You guys might have all seen on social media that I. I'm in um, Playa del Carmen, in Quintana Roo, between Tulum and uh, Cancun. Listeners, what's going on, man? Welcome to episode number 155 of the Cultural Podcast, Samadamo, coming at you. I'm not sure if I could say maricones. I think that means fags. So uh, I don't think that's a word we're allowed to use. You know, honestly, I, was, I noticed this recently. You can't use homophobic slurs in English anymore. Which, you, you, you know, I mean, you, you, could, you could use them, but you get in trouble for using them. But I think they get away with it in Spanish. I think they say maricón a lot to each other. I could be wrong, but I, I, I've noticed that. And people don't seem to care. The people who really get away with it are the Jamaicans. The Jamaicans are so homophobic, it's hilarious. I almost, like, I, I almost, I almost just admire it. Just the fact, like, not for the fact they're homophobic. There's not a whole lot that's admirable there. But just the fact that they're able to get away with being homophobic in 2022. I mean, that's, it's admirable. I was in like a clubhouse room the other day. I mean, the app is totally dead, but like everyone that uses it is fucking, is super ghetto and street now, bro. And you just got a bunch of like rude, you got a bunch of rude boys from Toronto that use it. And you know, you can't even understand what the fuck they're saying. They don't even speak the same type of English as other people in Canada do. It's insane. But dude, like, like anytime someone mentions a dick or something, they, they basically what they do is they use these rooms to just uh, to just like holler at these these women who they find attractive, and um, if you if you kind of flip the switch on them or you ask them a question that they deem is too gay, they'll call you a batty boy and they'll kick you out, and they just get away with it. Batty boy apparently uh, means uh, buttock boy in uh, Jamaican patois, and they get they get away with it. Like I don't know, no, don't be coming at us with that gay shit. No, no, you know, you batty boy. They get away with it. So anyway, I don't know. I wonder how much long. I don't think they'll ever get. I don't think anyone's ever going to come for them because they're black. And there's a lot of things that don't go your way when you're black. I think we could, we could agree on that. It's pretty clear that there's some shit that's a little bit harder for you. But one of the things that's a little easier is that you get away with saying a little bit more because, you know, people feel bad about, about shit that happened, right? Maybe reasonable. But, um... Yeah, I don't know. Also, also they could just claim the culture card. Nah, it's it's, it's just you know, it's just it's just a cultural thing, man. It's the culture. It's just, it's uh, it's different. You wouldn't understand it. It you're you're not refined enough to understand the uh, the, the the their unique culture. You know, white people get away with speeding without worrying about being shot when they get pulled over, and black people get away with saying a little more. You know, tit for tat. But yo, the uh, the flight down here was wild. 
just the entire airport experience was just just feeding me stuff, man. I was just picking up so much shit that I never really noticed before. And and I know it's been said to death. I mean, I know it's a point that comedians have been talking about for fucking decades, right? Air travel, being on a plane. But I submit to you this. You haven't traveled with my father. I'm uh, traveling alone with him. The two of us are down here. And dude, like my, my dad's a pretty straight guy. Like he's a pretty stern, serious, demanding immigrant, right? Uh, and he's been successful and he's, you know, he's self-made. So he kind of doesn't really have a whole lot of respect for not following rules or just adhering to basic social norms and conforming to, to simple things to make, to make the world go round. Okay. You know what I mean? So he doesn't have a whole lot of respect for me when I say, no, I'm not taking my laptop out at TSA. He's like, why? Just fucking do it. What are you doing? It really gets him mad. And I, uh, I mean, I've always not taken my laptop out at TSA. Absolutely fucking not. Not at the security checkpoint. Never. Because they make you put it in that fucking bin that people put their boots and shoes in. It's disgusting. Why would I ever want to put my laptop in that shit? So, dude, I just, I don't do it. But this time I tried to not, you know, make a, a, a point of it, right? Uh, I tried to be a little bit more discreet. Normally my father will see what I'm doing. He'll be like, hey, take out your laptop. But this time I kind of made him go first ahead of me. And I, you know, I, I put my bag on the conveyor after he had after he had gone through. So he couldn't really see what I was doing. And I just fucking left my laptop in there. I figured, well, fuck it. You know what? There's, there's these x-ray sh fucking machines. There's this shit that they have that will detect dangerous stuff in my bag. If they deem a laptop to be dangerous for some... For some fucking reason I don't understand what it is There's probably a legitimate security reason That I'm just way too stupid to even Understand or even think of But it seems silly right So I'm thinking ah fuck it it's just a computer right I mean if it's really that dangerous they'll pull it aside and Sure enough they did They did pull it aside So you know I gotta go to the fucking I gotta go to the side right They, they kind of sift through my stuff They say do you have a computer in here per chance I say yes yes I do They say oh, okay you gotta take it out I say oh okay sorry I didn't know you know, to be fair, I have gotten away with it many times. But anyway, the lady goes, okay, so we got to put it back in the conveyor. And she fucking puts my laptop into the fucking little bin. Disgusting. So I got to wipe it down after because I'm a germaphobe. But, you know, whatever. It was worth the risk. So, yeah, you know, we lost a little bit of time. We lost five minutes. But, you know, for me, it was worth it. It was a, it was a risk I had to take because in the event that I had gotten through, I wouldn't have had to wipe my laptop down. I would have saved time. And I would have felt really good for having beat the system. You know, I would have felt like really emboldened. My dad didn't look at it that way. He's like, what the fuck? What, what, what are you doing? Why are you going back through line? What, what's going on? And I told him, ah, yeah, I didn't take out my laptop. He's like, imbecile. You got to take out your laptop. That's what he said. He was imbecile. Or something like that. I think he, he might have said cretino. Or something like that. <laughs> just, just quipped it right away. You fuck. And, and what's funny is, I don't know if you're, I feel like every dad probably does this. You know, when as parents get older, as parents get older and they age, they kind of all become a little bit less, not less aware. They just kind of don't really give as much of a shit. I think just when you have kids in general, you just have no time for bullshit, especially from your kids, especially as they get older and you realize how stupid they are, you know, and you're like, how did I fucking raise this moron? So like my dad doesn't care. He'll just yell out, 
he'll go, oh, what's going on? He'll go, he'll go Samuel, what's going on? <laughs> and then, you know, you feel like it only ever happens to you that you get called out by your parents in public. But it happens to everyone. But when it happens to you in that one moment, you feel like everyone's looking at you, you know. And then you try to think of other times when you might have heard other parents calling out their kids and how you kind of had like, you kind of had like secondhand embarrassment for them. Feels like it happens to you more than it happens to other people, but it happens to everyone. It definitely does. So he calls out my name and, you know, at this point, when I was younger, it used to irk me, right? You would hear Samuel, what's going on, right? You know, I would kind of tense up. Now I give it back to him. I go, well, I don't know. Listen, they, they got to put it back to the belt. What are you doing? I go, I don't know. They're just doing their thing. I kind of give it back to him a little bit now. And it's more like, yeah, you know, I just let it roll off my back. But it's, uh, I don't know. It's, 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 it was just really funny. Like, it's, like, it's like, here I am. I'm fucking 24 and I still get chewed out by my father in public. You know, that'll probably never change, to be honest. It doesn't matter how successful or fucking how rich I get. I think I'll always be, I'll always be, you know, susceptible for, 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 for uh, a stern a stern call out in public. He doesn't give a shit. But he, he just put me in my place. He's like, oh, well, what are you doing, right? <laughs> I got the feeling that like, you know, I, I, you know, you go to the airport, you think you look good too. You think you're, look, you think you're looking sharp. You know, you're wearing fucking sunglasses inside. You got a fresh fade on. The beard is lined up real nice. You layered a fucking jean jacket on top of your shirt. You're layering nicely. You got a nice pair of kicks on. You think you look like a fucking stud in the airport. And then your dad just calls you out and everyone's like, that guy, you know. He's just a kid. He's just a kid. He's traveling on his father's dime. Uh, anyway, yeah, it was it was fucking funny though, man. It really was. Then, dude, honestly, we got really lucky though. We got really fucking lucky on the plane. Nobody sat next to us. We were in a row of three, and uh, we were two guys and fucking taking up three seats, which is like you know, it's like basically like being in fucking business class, baby. You know, the same amount of space. It's, uh, it's that's the executive move. That's the that's the. That's the gypsy's executive move. You know what I mean? That's the poor man's executive move. When you get, when you buy two seats, you say a prayer, you hope that the third one doesn't get taken and it doesn't. It's like you're in business class, but it's kind of, you know, you're, but you're, you're, you, you just got lucky. So that was us. But dude, like it, it reminded me of the fucking time that we were coming back from Paris, Paula and I, a couple of months ago. And dude, like we thought we were in that position. We thought we had taken up the fucking, we thought we were going to get to take up this whole, this whole fucking set of three seats, just the two of us. The doors are closed. No one's getting back on the plane. We're about to take off. We're like over the moon. We're like, all right, you know, especially her because women on planes, I think are a lot more particular, let's say, shall we say? So she's like, oh my God, this is great. We're going to have a lot of space. And dude, like fucking, then the fucking, fucking stewardess brings some sorry sap over to us and says, here, sit, sit down right here, sir. And <laughs> it turns out this fucking guy further up in the plane seat wouldn't recline or something. So they, ho they foisted him back with us. And that's just devastating, bro. Like the late devastation you get when somebody just sits down next to you. I mean, it's like, it's, it'll just, it, 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 it'll knock the wind out of you, man. So I was like, I was worried that that was going to happen, but it didn't. So that was, uh, that was awesome to come down here. Um, but man, like, like traveling during COVID times is a little bit stressful, but I don't know. I always assume that the people that kind of travel aren't really as paranoid about getting sick. Um, that was my impression. It's not the case. A lot of people are traveling because they have to. They don't want to. Especially in Canada, bro, the narratives here are insane. We got a fucking curfew reimposed in Quebec since the last time we potted. Uh, I gotta get the fuck out. I need to get the fuck out if I'm gonna be able to start this stand-up thing. My shows are probably all canceled now. I haven't even confirmed with the promoters. I gotta get the fuck out.
But dude, like the culture in Canada is insane right now. It totally is. But here's the thing. A lot of you guys won't know this because most of you guys aren't listening in Montreal or Quebec. But the way that French Canadians tend to speak to people is like, they really talk down to you, bro. Like school children. It's a very paternalistic society. Or at least, it's not a paternalistic, I don't know, just the way that the government is kind of looked uh, at. The way the government is looked at is kind of in a bit of a, I don't know, sort of a bit of a paternalistic way. In that, you have the local Quebec premier, if you're an American, that's the equivalent of like the fucking governor. So he runs the province uh, of Quebec, who will come on and give press conferences sometimes, and everyone tunes in to hear what to do. What, do, what is he saying? And you just feel very spoken down to, man, oftentimes. It's very, and it's just like, honestly, I went to French elementary school. It's like in French elementary school or in French classes here in Quebec. If you're not in a French system and you're in the English system, you take French classes. Invariably, the French teachers will almost always speak down to you. En français, you need to speak French. No. Un par you know, alignez-vous. It could be, it could be the same fucking, you know, it could, it's probably the very, it's probably a very similar vibe in, in, English schools also, pretty much anywhere, right? Especially in like elementary school when kids are real young, you probably do get a lot of like talking down to kids. But whatever, in my experience, I only experienced it really in the French system. So that's my bias. Could be totally wrong. But like, dude, this one fucking, this one fucking lady, okay? This one fucking lady just, she embodied all of that shit. Everything I'm telling you. This stewardess on the plane before the flight takes off. It's like, it's like, who the fuck are you? I don't know where she got so emboldened, but she's like, all right, listen, eyes over here, eyes over here. If you're not going to wear your masks above your nose and below your chin, this is your last warning. You're getting kicked off the plane. It's like, bitch, who are you? Who the fuck are you? Like, listen, I get it, okay. You got people that are scared. You want to protect other people. We're breathing the same air, man, and it gets filtered on these planes. Do you really think that a piece of cloth is going to make that big a fucking difference? But, you know, you got to buy into compliance, right? You kind of got to buy into the narrative. But I don't think it's that crazy to think that they may not be doing a whole lot, given that everyone's been wearing masks everywhere and people are still getting sick, right? Are they really doing that much? Is it going to protect the fucking guy next to you? Really? Is it really going to protect the fucking guy next to you if you're breathing the same air, even through a fucking piece of cloth? I don't know, right? But, you know, she loves it. She gets on her high horse and she starts, you know, just preaching this whole thing. But, you know, I don't know. I think in Canada, they really buy into that. They really have bought into that, especially a lot of older people, which made the story about this Russian junior hockey team not wanting to fucking follow orders on the plane in Calgary as they were trying to head back to Europe all the more satisfying. I don't know if you guys saw this story. I know this is the Calcio podcast. We're not going to talk a lot of Calcio, man. I know there are games that have kind of resumed, but I haven't been watching a ton. Uh, I watched like one game in the past week. So we're, 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 we're not going to talk about that. We'll, you know, maybe we'll get into that when, uh, when I'm back in Montreal next week for the next pod. But dude, this story's too good to not share. I'm sorry. But this junior hockey team that were playing in Canada in the World Junior Hockey Championships had to go home. They had to return to Russia because the whole tournament got canceled midway through the fucking thing because of COVID. And dude, Russians are insane, right? Russians have no fucking tact. They, 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 they don't give a shit about any rules. They're very anti-mask. It's hilarious. There's a bunch of Russians here. They always get yelled at by the Mexicans to put on their masks. They're like fucking Republicans. It's incredible. They don't care about following any rules. Never have. Never will. They love having sex on planes. They love getting drunk on planes. They love smoking on planes. And they tried smoking on this plane, leaving from Calgary to Frankfurt. And apparently 
They had to fucking take everyone else off the plane. They were on a commercial flight. They had to get everyone else off the plane as they tried to kick the Russians off, get all their bags off. It delayed this plane like two, three hours. But dude, like apparently the coach was fucking vaping. They were, they were, they, they, they were blasting music. They were fucking belligerent drunk. They were, they were, they were trying to smoke chags on a plane in 2022. You have to admire that. You really do. Like the level of not giving a fuck. And you could just imagine the stewardess is going up to them, these old white Canadian ladies saying, excuse me, but I'm going to ask you for the last time, if you don't want to follow the rules, you need to get off this plane. You need to put on your mask right now. And the Russians, these fucking 18, 19-year-old kids, they don't give a shit. They just say, you know, whatever the fuck, right? Prostitutkin. Just fucking cussing them out. And I really wish I could have been a fly on the wall on that plane. But furthermore, I wish that the lady from our plane was on that one. But here's the thing. She probably was. Because they're all the same. They're all the same people. They all behave in the same way. And that makes the story all the more fucking glorious for me. Because when I heard the story, I already thought it was great. But then when I went through the fucking motions of hearing this lady nodding along saying... Yes, okay, sorry, yes, we'll, we'll all wear our masks. She wasn't talking to me. She was talking to the whole plane. But as soon as, as, soon as I'm kind of, you know, every, I'm kind of like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good point, lady, right? Okay, yeah, yeah, let's, let's, uh, let's make sure everybody, you're kind of looking around like, okay, yeah, yeah. Everybody get that? Yeah, good. I'm thinking, man, I fucking, I really fucking hope that the people that were on the plane in Calgary with those Russians was like exactly like this fucking lady because it makes it all the more fucking incredible to just imagine that. But uh, yeah, dude, look, I've said this before, but I think the whole speech that you get before taking off on a plane about like the security measures and shit, I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of, it's, it's, it's not, it's not exactly, not only is it fucking a little bit morbid before you take off on a plane that if it crashes, we'll fucking kill you. And probably without, you know, much chance of survival to the point that all the shit they're telling you is, is pretty useless anyway, but it's, it's kind of dated. Like, a lot of it is shit that we otherwise kind of know. I think they should say, listen, if you want to know about security, fucking hit play on the monitor and uh, you, you'll, you'll get a rundown. But, like, they don't need to fucking be a downer like that and make everyone fucking hear it. Most people have heard it before. Most people have traveled before on a fucking plane. Most people on a plane are not on a plane for the first time. And for those who are on a plane for the first time, you know, hit play. Learn the security measures. But I actually heard a new one. I heard a new one on this flight the other day. I swear to Christ. I swear to fucking God. Someone said over the intercom, if your phone or electronic device catches fire, call us and we will assist you. Do not attempt anything. What are they, the fucking Swiss cross? Are they the fucking fire department? I think they said like, if, 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 you, if any of your electronic devices or your phone catches fire or falls between your seats... Please do not try to touch it. I swear to God, it sounds ridiculous if it sounds like you're on fucking drugs, if it sounds like you're on fucking hallucinogens, it's because I, I, I thought the same thing. Because of course, of course it's crazy. I thought I was taking fucking crazy pills when I heard that. But like, it, it's like, excuse me, if my fucking phone's on fire, what are you gonna do? My phone is smoking. I'm throwing it across the plane. I'm getting it the fuck out of my vicinity. What am I gonna call you over? Excuse me, miss, my... Uh, my phone is a little bit, uh, my phone is engorged in flames, and I, uh, don't exactly know what to do. Can you, can you assist me? Uh, how about you get me a fucking bottle of water? That's what you do, and I'll fucking pour it over the thing, and the fire will be out, and I'll be out of phone. I thought that was funny, though. 
I'd never heard that ever before in my life. And I probably won't hear it ever again. Uh, but yeah, Mexico, man. The place we're at is great. I love it. I fucking love this country. People are a little bit crazy, though. Um, what I love about Mexicans is they're fucking criminals, which is awesome. Um, you know, I'm Italian, right? So I respect the hell out of that shit. But, bro, I was in Mexico two days. Not even two days before I was the victim of a scam. I get a fucking email from Apple saying that someone tried to log into my account in like Juarez, Mexico. So automatically alarm bells are going off. I'm like, what the fuck, right? Because I'm in Playa del Carmen near Tulum and Cancun in a totally different state. So I look into it, come to find out that some fucker used my account and my credit card through my Apple ID, through having guessed my password, to buy Tinder likes. And a Tinder Platinum membership for the month. He was buying super likes, bro. Hordes of them. Hordes of them. Five at a time. Five at a time. And they're expensive. He should have just bought a fucking a bundle. It would have been more cost efficient. So I'm telling one of my buddies what happened. And he made a really good point. He said, bro, you can't report this guy. You can't. He's a fucking hero. He's a legend. How can you go after him? How can you get mad at him? He's just out here fucking doing, you know, he's, he's, he's doing honest work, man. He's trying to get some, and, and he's doing what he's got to do. And he made a really good point. Like, I agreed with him. The more I thought about it, the more I realized I respected the guy. I can't even be mad at him. I, and honestly, I think the bro code dictates that I shouldn't even report him. Like, am I really going to fucking report this motherfucker? The guy was so horny. He was willing to fraud someone or defraud someone in order to try to get pussy. Respect, bro. I didn't know what to do. The bro code, I, I, don't, know what it, I, don't, I don't know what the fucking bro code says in that case. I was, I was, listen, I reported it, but I was a little bit conflicted because I was like, eh, like, I, I swear to Christ, I almost thought if I could just, if I could just change my password so that he can't use it anymore, but if he could still use the membership for a month, then we're good. And here's the thing. I think he still is using the membership because all I had to do was notify Apple that it wasn't me. They refunded me. I changed my password. I had to fucking deal with my credit card company. That was a whole other thing. But I mean, the purchases were made and the guys got an account. So I, I don't know. I don't know if the account was deactivated, but I kind of hope it wasn't for his sake. And I hope he gets some this next month as a platinum user. Because why the fuck not? He deserves it. I mean, at a certain point, if you're going to put in that much effort, you got to kind of just applaud and say, you know what? I respect the fucking hustle. I really do. And I hope he gets some pussy on me. On me, baby. On my dime. This is a big pain in the ass with my credit card company, though. I'll tell you that much. It got fucking frozen after the fact. And oh, God. I was on the phone with fucking Scotiabank on the beach. But anyway, yeah. Like, look. It was really weird, though, when I, like, I, I fucking got in touch with Apple. And they're like, Mr. Adamo, we see you in Mexico. It's like, oh, what? Excuse me? Who the fuck are you? And then I remembered, oh, yeah. They, they know everything. <laughs> they know everything. They know where you are. They know fucking who you are. They know what you're doing, what you've paid for, they know your kinks, they know, you know, they've, they've probably seen you have sex if you, you know, if you, if you angled your camera or your fucking MacBook in like a compromising angle. Someone has access to the webcams. Those webcams aren't just on when you decide they're on. They're always, you know, they're always taking in information. That's the thing. Those Google Homes are wild, man. Anyone that wants to get one of those, like, like why? It's just a wiretap in your house. You know that's going to get used against you one day. You know, one day when they come for everyone who's ever had an illicit private thought or private conversation or something. 
that's the thing. It's really hard to discern like irony. Like if everything that I've ever said in private got leaked, uh, I would probably get arrested because I talk about wanting to murder people all the time. Everyone does. You know, it's in jest, right? But of course, of course I do. Who doesn't? You know, usually just in football, just in soccer. Oh, yeah. No, fucking, who's a guy I've wanted to murder or at least say I wanted to murder? Like Jose Mourinho before, when he did that cupping of the ear when he was coaching Man United at Juve. I think I might have said, I want to, I think I was watching with someone. I was watching the game with someone and I said, I want to fucking kill this guy. What if somebody goes and snipes him or takes him out or whatever? I don't know. John Lennon style. Someone hates Mourinho, maybe like a crazed Man United fan or something. I don't fucking goddamn know. Gets linked back to me. What they could at least do is they could probably like, you know, eventually they'll be able to filter by everyone that's ever said Mourinho and kill or murder in the same conversation and filter down. It's going to happen one day, man. So I guess I shouldn't have been surprised when the guy knew I was in Mexico, but in the end it actually kind of helped because he was like, oh yeah, okay, I see the transaction took place in Juarez and I see you're in Quintana Roo. So all's well that ends well. But that was a little bit stressful, man. Uh, but I don't know. And there's something in the water down here too. I don't know what it is, but dude, like I was playing tennis with my dad yesterday. I'm down here with my father and it's like, I don't know what it is. Granted, we had like Brazilian barbecue the night before and there's a lot of like protein and fat and usually that shit sits in your stomach like a brick. But we were having booze and we were like having carbs and we were having a lot of fruit and veggies and stuff that's keeping it moving, smoking, you know, that keeps it moving, man. So I think like twice simultaneously during this fucking game, we both had to take like a break to sprint to the bathroom each, like, 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 like for our lives. There's like something in the water though, legit. Like there's got to be some like, there's got to be some malignant agents in the water here in Mexico. It happens every single time you come to a Latin American country. We're just not used to it. Like there's parasites and shit. They're just, they're monsters down here, man. They're just, they're built different. Us, nah, my white boy ass is too fucking weak for that shit. Coddled up where we are. But uh, no, it's, listen, it's been great. It's been a great fucking time. We're very lucky to have been... Uh, uh, given the chance to stay where we are. My dad works in travel, so they're kind of sucking him off a little bit here because he's kind of here on business and they kind of want him to experience the hotel and add it to like the, uh, the, uh, the catalog or whatever for, uh, for the company he works for. So dude, like part of that is, I, 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 all right, like not really a man of the people thing to fucking admit here, but I mean, fuck it, it's the truth. We got a butler, we got a butler here. And dude, I, I don't think, I don't think the lap of luxury is for me. Like, like, I don't know, I always thought I was a pretty boy and I always thought I liked nice things and that's true. But here's the thing, my limit is people, people being at my service. I actually fucking hate when people are overly at my service. I don't like it at all, especially when they're young guys my age and they're calling me sir. I've said this before, but I hate being called sir by guys my age. It's like, no, fuck you. I try to break it down and try to like get them to laugh usually to make it less awkward because it is awkward, right? Sir, is there anything I could do for you, sir? No, thank you. Okay, sir, it's a pleasure. Like, like that's not how people speak. That's how people speak in fucking salt-based restaurant. All right? It's all theater. So I try to break it down. I just ask them, hey, what the fuck? You go to school? No? Okay, you know, I don't know. Where are you from? What do you like? And eventually, you, everyone has vices, and you start asking the guy about their vice, and I don't know. Like, uh, like one of my butlers is a, one of my butlers is a, is like a semi-pro basketball player. So that, that's his vice. So he, he's, he's not that interesting. But it's, what's, what's real fun is, like, if you can kind of talk about I don't know, like drugs with someone. 
like a bellhop or something and you would just ask like how the weed is here or something. I don't know. And then he'll like, if he kind of smirks and like nods, you go, hey, you're a real guy. You're a dude. See, then they'll fucking start talking about that or whatever. I don't know. Just any, anything like that. But uh, not like I'm telling you, there, there, there's five star and then there's six star. And I don't, I don't, I don't support the six star treatment. It's not for me. It's too much. Because uh, uh, here's the thing. I feel ashamed of the fact that I have a butler. I don't want a human being just at my, beck you know, at, at my beckoning call. I don't want that. It's weird. It doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel like a thing that should ever happen. It doesn't feel like it's a thing that a human being should ever want to do. I feel like the butler doesn't want to be a butler. So I feel uncomfortable around him. But then by the same token, I also don't want him to like do nothing. So I kind of like have to find shit for him to do or just ask questions that I know the answers to already. Like I'll ask him how to get to the fucking, I don't know. I'll ask him how to get to this bar. I'll ask him like what the best thing on the menu is. I'm already fucking ordering what I'm ordering. I don't need his, I don't need his fucking recommendations or his suggestions, but you ask and they feel useful. I don't know. I think, I don't know. I don't fucking know. So, you know, it's a little, it's a little awkward, but could be worse, right? First world problems. Uh, so Calchul's back. Um, Calchul is back. We're not going to talk about it at all. I'm going to be honest. This is going to be a this is going to be a bit of an express pod. We just wanted to check in down here. Also, honestly, because I love checking in in random countries. I've done that pretty much any time I've traveled. I'm really disappointed that I didn't do it last week. I know I said that the Christmas Eve episode, the last one, would be the last of the year, but I still brought a mic up north to Charlevoix where I was camping out with my girlfriend in a, in a lodge hotel, uh, kind of a, a little bit more of an authentic wintry Canadian experience. Would have been fun to have checked in up there too. But anyway, all the stuff that, uh, that I might've observed up there is banked and, uh, you know, it'll be duly rolled out in pods over time. You know, it's good to have stuff in the bank for, uh, when shit is a little bit dead, you know, when, uh, when the juices aren't flowing, when, when, when there's not a whole lot going on in the football world, I'll end with this. There definitely was one thing that was going on this past week, kind of football related, even though I didn't really expect to get into any football this week. Dude, I got to get into this shit real quick. The Venezia Twitter admin is insane. Who the fuck is this guy? I actually know who he is. I actually found out who he is. He's like their chief marketing officer. And as you'd expect, I mean, he's a fucking, he's a total douchebag. He's a total fucking pretentious douche. Bald, uh, Greek guy from New York hipster, probably wears hats that he rolls up above his ears, uh, trench coats, that type of shit, gets a hard on any time he watches a Copa 90 video, loves the idea of telling his story through football, I know this because I've dealt with a lot of people like him in my professional career, um, but yeah, dude, I, I fucking, <laughs> so by the way, so so we, we kind of have to address this broader point here. So Salernitana actually got fucking saved. In the most predictable thing ever, al ultimo, like 10 hours before the deadline on New Year's Eve, a deal was struck with a rich guy uh, in Italy, an actual millionaire, so not Sam Adamo. He actually paid for the club. So good on Claudio Lotito. Um, I think the only reason that Lotito was able to get fucking anything for the club is because he didn't give a shit about them. So I think he was like literally telling people, listen, I don't fucking care. If you don't pay me, just on principle, I'm not going to fucking hand over the keys for nothing. I will literally let the club go bust. I don't care. It's like a hostage situation where he's holding fucking Salernitana by the neck and he's like got a gun to its head and he's like, I'll fucking blow her brains out. I don't care, bro. I'm crazy, bro. You don't want to fucking give me what I want? 
You think I care? You think it makes a difference to me? You don't think I'll do it? I'm fucking crazy, bro. I'll fucking do it. Then someone's like, okay, hold on now. All right, 10 million. All right, deal. He was, you know, he was, he was going to lose it for nothing, right? So anyone was going to pay him anything and he would have totally done it. I think there was also an additional 20 million that was going to be injected into the club or like into the transfer market. So, you know, definitely a little bit of a better sell, an easier sell than what I was proposing, which was hand it over to me and go, you know, go run Lazio and be done with it. But dude, so as a result, Venezia uh, had a game with Salernitana scheduled. Uh, that was like, I mean, it was kind of on the rocks, right? Like nobody knew, uh, nobody knew if the game was going to get played because nobody knew if Salernitana were still going to be in the league um, by the time the game was supposed to happen. I think incidentally the game got postponed, so it hasn't happened yet. But in any event, like the day I'm leaving, as I'm boarding the plane, I see like, Venezia tweet out, the game with Salernitana is back on. And of course, that's, I mean, that's straight out of the Sunday League playbook, right? We're not sure if the game's going to happen. We're not sure if the other team has enough fucking players. But uh, shit, uh, it's on. Like, al ultimo, right? Like, at the last second, you get a notification from your fucking manager who's like, all right, so they got a couple call-ups. We're good. The game is on. Be there. Come to the field. Pull through. The game is still fucking happening. That happens to me all the fucking time in Sunday League. I don't know about you fuckers. So I tweet out. I quote tweeted it and said, Sunday League Energy, because it is Sunday League Energy. It happened to be the Venezia account's tweet that I quote tweeted, but if it had been like a Football Italia article, I would have done the same thing, because, I mean, it's, 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 it's true. It's accurate. And this fucking guy, bro, this fucking guy, the admin, quote tweets me saying it would take, like, pathetic cowardice to pull for uh, another team to not fucking, I don't know, what did he say, to, to not do well or to... To, to, to be kicked out of the league. But some people can relate to that. And it got a lot of likes. But here's the thing. It didn't make any fucking goddamn sense. I don't know if he was referring to the fact that I, a few months ago, or whenever it was now, a couple months ago, uh, proposed that bet with them, saying that I thought they were going to get relegated and that I would have gotten a tattoo if they stayed up by Christmas. Which, by the way, if they had accepted the bet, I would have had to get the tattoo. They didn't even acknowledge it. But I guess they fucking saw it. I guess they fucking saw the video because I think, I can only assume that's what they were referring to when they said, I guess, you know, some people can relate to that. Uh, I, you know, but, but, but otherwise, I mean, it made no fucking goddamn sense. But because it was kind of like structured in a way where it's like, oh shit, boom, roasted, mic drop. People like it. People like the tweet. It's fucking blowing up. It's got like over like a thousand fucking likes, a thousand five hundred likes, whatever. <laughs> Dude, and the replies on it are incredible. They're fucking incredible. And I live for that shit. I tweeted something out as well, like, on Christmas Day, because Mattia Zaccani was, um, like, on vacation in Dubai with uh, Nicolo Zagnolo's ex, who left him after, like, I think he, it was learned that he got his, um, like, this old girl that he was dating pregnant, this fucking, his, at the time, current girlfriend left him, and she wound up, like, with uh, Zaccani, and because I'm on top of this shit, because I'm on top of the fucking wag game in Italy, I've been hearing rumors about this for a while, and they went Instagram public with each other on Christmas. So I tweeted out, hey, you know, in case you missed it, uh, I, I don't remember what the fuck I said. I think I just said, like, basically, uh, fucking look, here's Zaccani, who plays for Lazio, with Zagnolo's ex, who plays for Roma. And, you know, he kind of stole his girl, right? On fucking Christmas Day, he goes public. And, uh, you know, that's, that's the thing that happened. You know, awesome. And, and it is. It totally is awesome. And the Roma fans were fucking pissed. And dude, just the replies there too. And it made me realize, like, I need to learn a post and ghost. 
Because, dude, like, it, you can get into the mud with these people, man, and it's real fucking fun. Because when people take everything you tweet out seriously because they don't listen to the podcast, you can get them even more pissed off by doubling and tripling down with even stupider tweets and even more ridiculous tweets that are ironic, but they don't know they're ironic. That's the thing. I could just always claim it's ironic, but in the, you know, in the moment, they don't fucking know that. So it's awesome. It's fucking hilarious to piss people off, but... Like, dude, I don't know. It was, just, it, was, it, was, it was very funny. And I had a bunch of people that uh, fucking listen to the pod reach out, and they're like, bro, like, like, this is incredible. This is the fact that this fucking Venezia admin retweeted you. Like, like, like what? How? Because they know the pod. They know that Sam is just firing off a stupid fucking tweet, and the fact that it got picked up by, by a fucking a team in one of the best football leagues in the world. It doesn't make sense, but you know, but that's, that's them, right? That's fucking Venezia. They got a fucking American guy who's running their Twitter account. And, uh, you know, like, like, like Man United would never do that. They don't fucking, they don't fuck, they don't roast people on Twitter. You, you ever notice that the only fucking, the only fucking accounts that get into the mud with random people on Twitter are teams that don't win a whole lot. You have a few German clubs that do it funnily. But like Venezia doing it is not, I mean, it's, it's actually a tougher look on them that they're fucking engaging in this, I mean, engaging in the mud with this fucking podcast. Me, a guy who spent half of the show ranting about like airplanes and air travel and getting frauded while in Mexico. The only football we've talked about on this pod is the beef with another football account on Twitter. But, you know, people don't know that. They just see the cultural podcast and they say, oh, you know, you stick to fucking, you know, you, you don't know anything about culture. It's really fucking funny. Anyway, so that, that was what was really amazing was I was getting on the flight and I see all the damage that's getting done, like just in terms of the likes and the replies. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is too fucking good. I really wish I can kind of see this all live in real time. But I know, like, I'm not going to see it for six hours. So that, anyway, that was jokes. So I, uh, whatever, I put my phone on flight mode. I slept like a baby. I woke up and it had gone even, it had gotten even uglier, which was, which was fucking awesome. But I actually, again, I, I kind of respected the guy for being so petty, even though it was stupid and didn't make sense. So I did DM them and said, hey, I don't know who the admin is, but I've got to get him on the pod. And they didn't answer. So I, they can go fuck themselves. I've realized now who the actual admin is. I actually don't want him on the pod. The offer is rescinded. And I might just try to, since it's really easy to do, I might go after them again and just hope for the best. Um, which is, of course, that they just try to roast me again. That is the best case scenario. I might even tee them up. I might even just fucking give them a really easy layup and just say something super ridiculous that's like obviously ridiculous just so that they can fucking try to dunk on me again even though it's not even what I fucking think. Because I mean, if they're fucking dunking on me for stuff that is like totally benignly said that isn't even, that doesn't even relate to them in any fucking way, shape or form and they're fucking taking that personally like that MJ meme then I don't even know what the fuck they're gonna do if I actually try to go at them. So that'd be real fun. We'll see. We'll see. Depends how bored I am. That's really what it comes down to is you only get into shit like that when you're bored. So I don't know. I actually have a lot of things I want to get done this year. So hopefully if everything is going well, I'll be too busy to do that. Unfortunately, I, you know, I won't be able to entertain you guys with that shit. I know you guys all like that, but listen, the real entertainment should be the fucking pod. I know it is. If you're listening to the end, it's because you're a fucking G. I love you guys. I'll be back next week. Thanks for tuning in. And uh, until next time, listeners, we'll catch you soon. Follow us on all fucking platforms if you don't already. TikTok, uh, fucking Twitter, Instagram, at Cultural Podcast. I got a Getter account, G-E-T-T-R. That fucking, uh, it, for right now, it's a, it's a very right-wing 
basically a right-wing Twitter. I'm hoping it doesn't become like fucking Parler last year, but I'm, you know, I'm, I'm kind of banking on the fact that eventually enough people will get annoyed of Twitter and its censorship and the fact that it's always trying to fucking label misinformation. Even though like Jack Dorsey, the guy who created it, isn't really in favor of any of that shit. He kind of, I mean, he lost control of the company and left, right? So, I mean, hopefully enough people are kind of going to get fed up and, you know, people from kind of all sides of the political aisle will just move over together and it'll become a little bit more relaxed in terms of, um, you know, politics and that, or maybe it won't become relaxed. Maybe it'll become super, in, you know, maybe it'll become super inflammatory where people are going at each other all the time, but that's okay as long as they're not censoring people. So if you do want to follow me on Getter, you can do so at Sam Adamo. I just fucking launched it. I don't know if I'm ever going to wind up using it, but if it, you know, if the app ever does take off, I got an account. If you want to be an early adopter, you want to be a fucking, you want to be a fucking hipster, you can fucking subscribe or follow me there too. Why the fuck not? So like us on all platforms as well. Uh, hope you guys all like the fucking clips. I'm going to continue to keep trying to cut those and leave a comment on, on any of the Instagram reels you see. Like them, man. It helps the algorithm and shit. You can rate the pod five stars. If you listen on Apple, that also helps us a great deal. So listen, guys, all the best to you in 2022. Love to you all. The sun's calling me, so I'm going to head out. And to quote Jordan Belfort, I'm going to go have Heidi lick caviar off my balls. That one's going to get me in trouble with the lady. It's a joke. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm fucking around, Paula. I'm fucking around. Till next time, listeners. We'll catch you soon. Ciao. Que a veces se me olvide cuando es